This is the Open Forum Podcast. Welcome to episode 29 of the Open Forum Podcast. My name is Mike Miller, joined by my co-host Mike Martinez to bring you the news, helpful insight, and more from the world of physical education. We skipped a month, Mike. We did. I think of it more as building anticipation than skipping. Uh, yeah, we, we had a little host issue last month and then coupled with getting back into school. It's been, you know, September was a really long year. <laughs> Listen, 2020 has... 2020 has claimed many, many a victim so far this year, and our podcast was not exempt from that list. No, we did, we, we did take a beating for, for a month there, but we're, we're back, hopefully better than ever. Yeah, man. And like any good Netflix series or any good sports season, I feel like the 2020-21 school year was anticipated greatly by we, the masses. We could just blame it on Carol Baskin. <laughs> Speaking of 2020, <laughs> fans and critics have plenty to say about the reopening process so far. And from what I've seen on social media, you know, in my own personal life, kind of like at the end of last school year, everyone's experience has been vastly different. There's been good, there's been bad, there's been plenty of ugly. And speaking of ugly, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, nat the nature of that is that the pandemic has been very different depending on where you are. So. Sure, absolutely. But I mean, even within our, our regional area here, right. where we're, yeah. our numbers are the same, one district to the next might have a, a totally different oh, yeah. plan based on... Just between me and my wife. It, you know, I'm in the city, she's on Long Island, and it's totally different. Absolutely. So we wanted to kind of get some, some folks on today to talk about what reopening looks like in various parts of the country, at various grade levels so we, we we combed social media far and wide for three of the absolute best top experts we could find unfortunately they were all busy so we got these three guys instead uh ladies and gentlemen welcome tanner roos doug Halberg, and kyle bragg to the show gentlemen how are we doing tonight awesome thanks for having us doing well yeah, yeah thanks thanks mike's for having us thanks mike so let's jump right into it here uh I guess as I kick the questions out, feel free to obviously mention where you're coming from and what grade levels you teach. But I guess the first question, and Tanner, we'll start with you. What has the beginning of this school year looked like for you? So I'm in Iowa. I'm in the Midwest. And I happen to be in a community that just got hit by a giant storm that kind of took out the entire city. So we had an additional three-week delay uh, in my community. And I think uh, parts of the community even delayed a little bit longer than that. So I've been teaching, I think this is my fourth week of, of in-person school. Um, in the Midwest, I think a lot more people are in-person than probably other places, but uh, it's been it's been all right. For me, I'm the type of person who needs to see people face-to-face, -face and like, it just helps me personally feel better about myself when I'm, you know, having those interactions versus, you know, about like 200 days of sitting in my house. <laughs> the same five people so it's been good for me um no that's kind of that's kind of how it's gone awesome how about you kyle yeah and despite all the nice things that mike had to say about us it's really hard <laughs> for us as well uh, <laughs> learning or or in person with uh social distancing so we're we're kind of test 
test running things out too and seeing what works and you know using social media to get ideas but we are in we did five weeks of um, distance learning online and then we are in our phase and approach so two weeks ago we had the k through two kids come back and the third through fifth came back last week and that's in scottsdale arizona so um, we're transitioning back to more normal but we're still quite um distance with our masks on all the times and no equipment yet so we're trying to figure ideas to, to engage the students despite those obstacles doug yeah i'm doug i'm in uh, upstate new york it's my 29th year teaching uh all of them i've had all or most middle school classes um currently we are in everything that was described so i have a, a third of my kids that are completely virtual and then we are hybrid so our kids come to school two days then they're home two days and then they just keep rotating that schedule um my classes were supposed to start um the in-person kids but it was also supposed to be synchronous at home but in upstate new york the mandates for us in our district are 12 feet apart wearing masks outside uh, so obviously that uh, does some things to synchronous learning and stuff like that um, it's been a, a challenge um, like has already been said for me just seeing kids again um, really brought joy to me but i have to tell you not being able to see the kids smile um, it just hurts like I, I love seeing them i love being with them but you know there's so much that can be exchanged um, just with a little smile, a little nod, and, and, I, and I miss those little personal connections that you could make sometimes without saying any words. Um, so we're doing the best that we can, trying to make a difference, trying to help our kids in any and every way we can, but it has certainly been a challenge. It's totally understandable, and we were kind of kicking some of these situations and scenarios around before we started recording, uh, Mike and I mentioned that we're both in a similar boat as well, where we have some kids who are in person, some are who are doing the hybrid thing, um, some who are fully remote. And I am actually in the fully remote group at my school. And one of the things that I mentioned, I would say it's been very difficult altogether. Just, you know, PE and Zoom don't seem to be natural, natural bedmates here. Yeah. But having the benefit of being able to see the kids' faces Right. And telling one of my god awful jokes and actually seeing a fifth grader light up and you know in laughter, I feel like that was missed at the end of last year where no one was really smiling for three months. Right. And then with the mask, I can't you know I can I can hardly hear what people are saying with the mask over their mouth anyway, and certainly missed that that emotional and that personal connection. So that, that's been a big boost for me personally. That's been one of my biggest challenges is teaching in person in front of kids and them not seeing my expression you know a lot i actually i was very honest with my fifth graders and i'm like half of what i teach in the classroom is nonverbal communication right i said how much of my teaching is just me making weird faces at you <laughs> and they were like yeah go but it's it's great to have them in front of me again but it's it's a it's a big hindrance necessary right. but it, yeah, it's a good point it is necessary yeah it, but it just it puts a big old monkey wrench in the works you know what, what would this look like 30 years ago in this pandemic without zoom how would we do that i, I think we're actually Smoke pretty signal. blessed yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would have to assume either school would be totally closed or you know god forbid in communities it would be way worse than it is because people would have to push yeah. through it right yeah 
It's a very, very solid point, Kyle. Now, we intentionally brought you, you three folks together because you're representing, you know, very vastly different geographic areas in the country. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure for Tanner and for Kyle what your, if you can even remember back to the days of quote-unquote traditional teaching and learning in your areas, like how much of that was incorporating outdoor education and, and being outside, uh, you know, Kyle, where it's, you know, a, a, a balmy 105 here in the evening that might be more more of a full year thing for you but has this had to change how how much you're outside now you know you know think back to the day <laughs> kyle you answer it first uh, i've been blessed that this happened when it did as far as we were going to be inside if we were going to be in person anyways so we have, have more space outside so we're you know if we're going to miss a time let's miss the hot part where we're going to be inside anyways and be on zoom but um very soon i think we'll be able to go outside and, and get that fresh air and uh get that distance a little easier but uh yeah it was yeah a good thing to happen because we don't want to waste our our good temperature being on zoom so yeah yeah and for me uh in iowa you know the temperature it goes cold and hot and you, you never know what you're gonna get but uh i was checking out on twitter and over in des moines area uh, eric heard said that his school district says if it's 50 degrees they cannot be outside for pe we got to go inside for pe mm. Which is odd because uh, I know my school district, our recess temperature is like zero. Um, <laughs> and I, so, and like Jason Steele, he's up in North Dakota. Uh, when I talked to him about that, he's like, You guys have a recess temperature? So, but they get, you know, they get pretty cold up there. But he just has his kids grab the snowshoes. You know, Which is great. It's just, you know, one of those things that I'm not a, yeah, I'm a big tech guy and I really got into that. And I feel like, if I go outside with my tech, I lose it, and I, it's not yeah. going to work the same. So for the last few years, I've been nervous to go outside, and just you know, my comfort zone is stay inside and do more. And you know, right now, I'm thinking, okay, at some point, I'm probably going to end up being outside. I've got a larger than average elementary gym, but I think back to before I moved schools, um, I had a very small gym, and there's no way you could put 30 kids in that room and move at least move you know well so that have to be outdoors so it makes you think about what you would do for sure it's okay because the city um the big cure-all for starting back in person was that we were going to have class outside but we haven't been cleared to go outside yet <laughs> well imagine like california you know with the air quality right now yeah they're probably not going outside no yeah that whole northern Pacific region is right. rocked. Hey, actually, just before he popped on today, I spoke with uh, with Will, Will Potter, and he's out in the San Francisco area and mentioned that over the last seven weeks, they've had a kind of stop and start about two or three times because of the air quality and, you know, any any number of different variables that have popped up this year. So I can certainly see it making planning hard. Uh, Doug, you mentioned being blessed with a with a, a beautiful outdoor space up where you are. How, does, how has this changed your percentage of, of outdoor to indoor well, education? We're actually, we had a PEP grant a few years ago, $1.8 million. And mm. so um, little, that really changes one. some of the things that you can do. And um, we didn't use it to upgrade space, like outside outdoor space. But in terms of equipment, there's very little we didn't have access to. 
I have a beautiful projector, ceiling mounted projector, drop down screen. So my, my gym is a pretty awesome place to be. And then our back gym, we have a rock climbing gym as well. Uh, so that's very much a, a winter activity. Um, mm -hmm. But right outside my back door, I have a full turf field and then one, two, three, three soccer fields and a baseball field. So like I have, I have space. Um, today we actually, the, we have very short classes right now. They're only 35 minutes. Uh, we actually just took the kids on a hike and in uh, 35 I, minutes we did, you know, I want to say it was like a mile and a half, um, stopped, talked about safety a few times, things like that. But so we had a day that was 55, almost 60 degrees, no wind, fall colors. Um, there was no reason to be inside, you know, so we where last year we might go outside when it was conducive to whatever activity we were doing right now we are outside unless it's raining on us and raining heavily um <laughs> just trying to take advantage and again uh, as i said earlier when you're 12 feet apart wearing masks the full time in a gym uh that that's hard to do and we have two classes on at the same time so um we have done almost every version of rock, paper, scissors that can be, uh, we've even made up a few. We were just playing one that was in Italian the other day. Um, so, you know, we're really out there trying to find neat and new things that our kids can do. And to be honest, we're keeping the uh, exertion level down um, because to have the kids highly exerting in a mask, um, it, it, I think it's just adding to the challenge. Um, so we're trying to do more, some of the more low level activities, working on kids, just being back together with other kids, um, focusing on the social interaction piece, uh, that they've missed this. And I, and I don't, I don't know that we're going to really see the harm right away, but I do believe there is going to be some harm that has been created from the, from the isolation that some of these kids have felt. Um, and then, you know, just trying to for us to connect with them, but also give them a chance to connect with each other. So we're doing a lot out on the turf field um, in particular, because then there's no wet grass to deal with, mm -hmm. right? Where in yeah. upstate New York, if you have dew in the grass in the morning and you walk through it, you're slipping, you're sliding, kids' feet are wet all day. It's not a end all problem, but when we go on the turf, none of that is, is an issue. Um, so we are blessed to have that field and we use it as much as humanly possible. On a related note, my new favorite rock, paper, scissor variant is the egg, chick, chicken. The chegg? Yeah, the chegg. <laughs> the chegg. The chegg. And you do a little life science, you know, multidisciplinary learning. There you go. Love it. There you go. There you go. Boom. So it sounds like the three of you are pr pretty, pretty well prepared for the beginning of the year and, you know, weather aside, being able to manage outdoor space. Thinking, I guess, more specifically for Tanner and for Doug, or for Kyle, I guess, you know, once your your really hot season has passed you, if you have, I guess you, you don't really get extended rain in Arizona either, mm -hmm. but uh, do your schools, your district have a long-term plan? Uh, Doug and Tanner thinking more, you know, from November on when it gets too cold to be outside, is full-time indoor a realistic option? Have you been given guidelines to doug's point about how hard kids can be working has there been any discussion around what the winter should look like um for us we've kind of this is tanner again we kind of went into um it with some changes like our classes went from uh 
45 minutes to 50 minutes and our younger kids our kindergarten through second in my building uh, had 22 minute classes and now they're up to 50 minute classes and we're not switching in between with the music anymore that's a big jump it's a big big jump and i'm noticing that exertion piece is huge because they aren't used to moving that much and they aren't used to the masks and they aren't used to um well for one listening to an adult telling what to do other than their parents so there's a bunch of things that i'm noticing through my first handful of class periods with them that i'm trying to find more videos that we can kind of watch a little bit of instructional stuff and then we can try it we're just not just go 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 all the time i don't want my kids to be super uncomfortable and not enjoy movement anymore and i think a lot of what doug had talked about the kids getting to know each other and getting to enjoy being around each other they had not been around each other for six months let them enjoy that as part of my class while we're learning i like that and for us the i'm, I'm not sure there's a, a long-range plan i was blessed to be part of the new york city uh the new york state aford committee that was working on the the re-entry plan and things like that um they did come into our gym and give us a specific, you can have this many kids. And to this point, when two classes are on, we're not exceeding those numbers. And then we also have that rock gym in the back that we haven't really tapped into that we could have fewer kids. Um, so I, I think we'll be able to get through it. Our biggest concern right now, I would say is more equipment based. You know, some of those traditional activities that you could do um, become harder to do in that scenario. Um, I'm just happy to do anything. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's just awesome to be, uh, with kids again, like I said at the beginning, I, I just, the joy that brings, and I know there are some people that may not have back, gone back in person yet. Masks have not been a problem. You know, we do give mask breaks for the kids and there is a kid or two that is somewhat oppositional or defiant about it. But like, I really anticipated problems that have not existed for me. Um, so if I can give an encouraging word there, I think they get it. And we posed it as when we were all home in March, we were dying to be together. Now we're together. And this is what's keeping us together. So let's just keep this on, do what we have to do so we can keep doing this and not go backwards. Um, and again, I'm in a middle school, so that may be a little bit different for some of you that have younger kids. But I think my kids get it. Um, so if there's anyone out there that's listening and worried about it, honestly, it has not been an issue for us yet. Um, and, and again, I think it just comes to planning. But as everybody knows, those plans can change in a minute. So sometimes you just got to get together with your colleagues and say, what do you got right now? Because this isn't working. And whatever you wrote on that piece of paper doesn't matter right now. Right. Sometimes you just got to give it the eye test and look at your class and say this that I wrote is not what's working. What do we do? Let's change it right now. You have to be, you know, take the risk and not be afraid to fail in front of your own kids and adapt. And I think, um, you know, everybody that's on this call is constantly looking for new resources, looking at Twitter, trying to take ideas. And, and sometimes you just got to put them to use. And I think your kids appreciate that. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, take those risks with your classes would be my advice. Well, to, I'll take, I'll take you back off Doug really quick. Uh, I do K through five and there's been hardly any math problems at all. They get it. And I think it's a great opportunity for us to discuss 
appreciating school and being grateful to be back in person, and they totally understand that, and they're willing to, I guess, sacrifice having the mask on to have that social interaction, which is a huge part of the Cook team. Yeah, yeah, and I want to touch on something. I was going to say, I want to touch on something Doug said. He mentioned leaning on his colleagues. And in my school district, we have seven elementary PE teachers, and I think we are leaning on each other more than we have in the past. We work well together. Uh, but I think we're finding that we're more united and we are more open to hearing other We're closer because of it. Um, so I think there's been some good that's come out of this is that when this is over, we're going to be a stronger team. Yeah, that is. That's a great point. Thank yeah. you. That is a great point. And Doug, you also mentioned, you know, the, the folks who are on this call, uh, leaning on colleagues and, and, and things of that nature. I feel like I lean very heavily on the creativity and brilliance of a one Mr. Kyle Bragg. So Kyle, <laughs> I want to pose a question to you has the the uncertainty of everything of, of, of life these days changed your planning in terms of you know planning for your school year because obviously there's some units or activities that maybe you can't do now because of distancing or equipment have you had to had to do a, a full-scale change of your traditional you know program or are you just kind of taking it week by week month by month unit by unit yeah, I mean, whether it's distance learning or in person, I kind of always ask myself, "What's gonna, what are gonna, be, what's gonna be best for my kids right now, and how how are they gonna feel important? How am I gonna get them to feel important and valued and loved?" And so, you know, distance learning, it, like I said earlier, it's hard. It's new for all of us. Like we didn't necessarily sign up for this, but we're gonna adapt. And a couple of things that really uh, really worked well with me as far as building relationships uh, online was we did uh, tours of their house. And they would individually show uh, the class um, if they wanted to um, show like a few of their favorite things with a computer walking around. So I kind of got to see that, you know, where they come from a little bit and like why they might be the way they are. And then on their way, they showed like a few really important things like, you know, that here's my brother or sister, give them a hug, whatever. And just uh, maybe they show me their dog or whatever. And I kind of take notes of that. Right. And then, right. you know, when we got back in person, I might say like, hey, Lucy, how's how's Daisy doing your dog? And they're like, wait, what? You don't have Daisy, your dog? And then all of a sudden, boom, you got a good relationship there. So I think just kind of turning into a positive and learning more about kids that you might not have had otherwise if you're in person regular. So I think, you know, it's almost like a blessing in disguise. I get to learn more about them and where they come from and also involve their families a little bit too. So if we're doing some activities, I always have them invite their families and then they can see firsthand how important cook education is. And also, um, they can reinforce concepts we discuss in class. So that's been good in distance learning for me. And it's, it really makes them feel very, very important when you notice those small things. And it was, it was pretty fun to see them. Leave it to Kyle Bragg to turn MTV Cribs into a PE lesson, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Kids going around giving tours of, the, of their favorite spot in the house. Shout out to that. I absolutely love that idea. Well, one of the things that we did, so I have a couple of classes that are completely virtual as well. And whenever we assign stuff for them to do at home, we use Google Classroom. Um, so there's typically a Google form that's attached to it. And one of the questions right at the beginning after the basic what's your name type stuff has always been, how are you doing right now? And it's kind of a one through five, five being I'm awesome. And one is I'm really struggling. And when I get a one or a two, on those Google forms. And I, I mean, I'll get like 250 forms in a day, right? So there's, there's a lot going through there. Um, but if I see a one or a two, 
I immediately get right on and type in a private note to that kid or the next time if they're hybrid and I have them in class, I'll be like, hey, man, I saw you put a one the other day. I just wanted you to know I was thinking about you. Is there anything I can do for you right now? And even behind the mask, you can see what a difference that makes to the kid. And I got to be honest, most of the time they're like, no, 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 I'm good. And, you know, like almost embarrassed. And I'm just like, look, you know, this is what it's about. Like, if you need help, then ask. I'm, I'm here. I will do whatever I can to help you. And if you're good, I just want you to know that the next time you put a one, I'm going to notice and I'm going to ask because I care. And I think sometimes that just that little bit um, really, really matters more than I think we a lot of the other stuff we talk about. That's the type of stuff that really matters. Let them know you care. Doug is the king of student check in. It's, <laughs> it's infused. That. It's infused in everything that you do, though. Uh, it's important to me. It's I've important. made it a priority. I, in my yeah. Life. I actually just recently stole an idea. Uh, my wife teaches fourth grade, so I feel like uh, with me teaching fifth grade now, it's you know pretty close in in grade level. Um, every once in a while, for one of their their movement breaks, they do scavenger hunts, which is a pretty neat way to show their sentimental pieces in the house without maybe showing, you know, grandma in the kitchen and the six siblings who are sitting around one table, all virtual learning at the same time. So every time they unmute, you can hear all six siblings sitting around <laughs> the table virtual learning. But you know, just saying, hey, go find something that starts with the letter M, and seeing them run away from their computer and run back real quick. And then you pick three kids to share, you know, why they picked that object and what it means to them. It's a, kind of to, to Kyle's point, it's a great way to learn more about them as people, which is right. something that the more I reflect on this, I probably didn't do a good enough job of in school because it's always focusing on the curriculum and the unit and the lesson, the assessment. I feel like virtually there's so much more time now to just dig into who are you as a person? How are you doing? The material will still be there. We, we can do it tomorrow. It's not that big of a deal, but really getting into that, 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 that meaty stuff that this is all you know really about right yeah uh, we use when I'm on my virtual class I start with a with a quote I'm a big quote guy always have been my whole life and then um, I have a, a word of the day kind of you know opens vocabulary but I've obviously made some of my own and they're usually character related and then I've been going on a website called uh, it's on YouTube fearless soul if you ever get a chance check it out they're all motivational videos and they're like from three to eight or 10 minutes. And I gotta tell you, I've had, I just had a sixth grader today type in and say, I absolutely love these videos. It's one of my favorite parts of my day. And, and to be honest, all I'm doing is sharing a video, right? This credit all goes to them. Um, but to have a kid come back and say that that's meaningful, um, powerful, you know, it matters. And, and that's kind of what I'm looking for. Like, so this is a virtual learner, this kid's sitting at home all day and I feel like sometimes all they see is darkness. And if we can infuse some, some light into them, uh, whether it be through a video or our own personal connection, I really think it makes a difference. So if you guys ever get a chance, take a look at that. It's, uh, you can subscribe to it, and they, they have some really powerful stuff. We'll, so uh, we'll link it in the show notes. Awesome. Awesome. And Tanner, how about you? Has there any, been anything different, either virtually or in person, that you've been doing this year to help make those connections or those relationships? particularly with kids who are maybe are new to your school, kindergartners, or just kids who are all, who are all virtual? So um, we have about a, maybe 25% of our school is virtual. Um, we're three sections to four sections of each grade level, but they're all tiny classes. 
Uh, so I think getting to like know their name quicker really helps. But I'm such a big hugger and I'm a big smiler and I'm like I throw a face all the time. And for me to remember, I've got a mask on and they don't they can't see me smiling. They can't tell what I'm doing. They're not picking up on those things. Um, they, so I've got a you know I try to connect with them with weird you know weird voices. Or Mr. Russ, why are you I, staring at me? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm making do, a face. You, know, you can't see it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to do big old fat <laughs> hand gestures, which isn't a big thing for me. I'm not a big hand talker, but you know, I'm trying to just find that little extra thing that helps. Uh, it's really hard when you've got those kindergartners who are scared and they don't want to talk because they've got the mask on, and right. we've got um, boxes in our gym where the kids are separated. We can move through general space, but. We always like to start with them, you know, so they remember what personal space is. And you know, it's probably harder on me than I think it is on some of the kids. But you know, just to get there and say their name, I think that's a hard thing for me to remember sometimes. And, you know, they see their nose, like the top of their nose and their forehead. But, you know, just saying their name makes a big deal to some of these kids. Like, how do you know me? And, like, you've had me twice. And I think that just makes them feel important. So I've been trying to work on that a little bit more than I have in previous years. Well, just imagine what that feels like. You know, you're going to school for the first time. Right. You're four and a half, maybe five years old, and you're walking into everybody wearing a mask, six feet apart, sanitizing your hands every eight seconds. Yeah. It's scary. It could be One super scary. Yeah. <laughs> And then when someone knows your name, though, it, it all of a sudden, yeah, like holy, scary, right? Like I feel like that makes it. I totally agree with Tanner. That makes a huge difference yeah. knowing their names. And I think on Zoom it kind of helped, right? Because it was always there. Yeah. And it kind of helped. Uh, so when you get that in person, but I think that's so crucial. Instead of hey, you in the blue, uh, right. Mike Mike Martinez, not you in the blue. Right. Like oh, he knows who I am. I, I feel special, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Except sometimes you can get away with that. Like kids got Spider-Man shoes on. You don't know his name because it's his first day there and they're not wearing name tags. Hey, Spider-Man, come on over here. And the kid's like, yeah, I'm Spider-Man. Of course I am. And he's like, want to see he my knows webs? me. <laughs> One of the things yeah. that I did with those, like I hang up those words of the day or I have them up on the screen. And then I always have a sentence, you know, just like you should using it. And I always use a new kid in the class's name in that sentence. Right. So I had an Esmeralda who joined my class yesterday. So the first slide, she didn't, Fancy. I had never met her, but it said Esmeralda did this, you know, and you could just see her looking around like, what is that? But I had seen the night before that she had added. So it was just my way of trying to make her feel comfortable, have people hear me say the name, things like that. And, uh, you know, so again, maybe it, maybe it didn't mean anything, but it was just my way of trying to add a little personal touch. Uh, to try and connect with that kid the first day. Especially that, that's probably a name that doesn't get used accidentally very often in no. school. So right. what, a, what a great way to make that connection. So I'm curious to hear, because it sounds like to varying degrees, all three of you have had some some interaction virtually with your students. Were there, was there anything in particular that you either did or are doing virtually that you feel like is working really, really well that maybe you didn't anticipate going as well? For me, it was the videos. I have to be honest. When I when I started, I wasn't going to do that, um, but I kind of went back to my coaching days and how important the character ed piece and the motivation piece was. 
And like I said, that's when I was kind of reflecting on these kids aren't getting it anywhere other than maybe their parents, if they're blessed, but they're not around their coaches, right? They, they just don't have that, you know, lift each other up. If they're connecting with their, you know, their middle school friends, I don't know how your friends were, but mine weren't exactly a lift me up type of group, <laughs> um, even on Zoom. So uh, for me, I really, the first time I did it, I was like, you know what, this is almost going to be filler. Uh, and the discussions I had after it were, I, I don't know that I won't do it the rest of the year. It really, really made a difference. Uh, I, and for those of you who are a little bit older, the whole chicken soup for the soul, if you remember those books. Sure. Um, I'm even tempted to go back into those books and, and go to some of those stories and actually tell the story, my version of the story, so they hear me talking rather than a video. Mm -hmm. And then just trying to bring up the whatever point it is that I'm trying to make. Um, and I think that, again, that, that introspection that those kids feel at that moment is, is probably pretty valuable. Chicken soup for the PE teacher soul. There you go. By Let's Doug Helberg. Let's co-author. <laughs> and how about you, Kyle? Anything with the little ones that work particularly well online? Yeah, uh, the gestures work well for assessments. Like if I, you know, I got this from Ross Chakry, I believe, but if, you know, where I'm sharing the screen and he's he's doing a curve, and if you think it's a curve, touch your head. If you think it's a straight line, touch your shoulders, and that worked really well. Um, and of course, using things like Flipgrid and, and apps, you can see the uh, uh, the kids actually doing something. But even if you're not tech savvy and you don't want to use Flipgrid, you can just have them type in the chat privately and assessment in no time, right? They can, and right. also uh, gives you an opportunity to hear from every student that you might not be able to hear from in the class because you know not everyone can vocalize you know at one time. You can do you know pair share, but you don't always get to hear from every, everybody. So here you get to read everybody's answers. Um, you might not get done in the actual class time, but you can go back and uh, check back on it after and, and just hear from every kid. And um, I think it's really good to, could be a short answer, but you can either see their assessment or you can learn more about that kid based on the response in the, in the chat. So I think on Zoom, it's been really helpful. Yeah, and for me, we didn't have a lot um, of interaction with anybody in our virtual PE classes because what we ended up doing for those couple of months was sending a lesson out and then uh, they would do it or not do it, and we would never know. Uh, and we'd ask them to let us know or send us an email or what. And I think I got one in the entire time. But I think what it did, I talked about it earlier, what it did for our group, our PE group, is it gave us that united front. It got us uh, having those conversations of what do we really want the kids to learn? What is important to us? How do we want it to look? And just being united in that. And then, you know, our entire community is doing the same thing. So kids from, you know, the neighborhood school and kids from the one down the road further, you know, they're on baseball together. They can have those conversations. So we're doing the same stuff. Uh, and that's carried over to the school year where none of us are teaching the um, virtual class, but we are all together making the lesson and we're sending it off and the virtual students are doing what we're asking to, but we're not at this point we're not being able to interact with them because we don't know who's in it and there's no assessment um i don't know but for us it was more about you know how are we going to work together as adults and those relationships so ours just looks a little bit different than you guys and to kind of take a little bit of each of that at the end of last year i actually wasn't allowed to teach synchronous and we couldn't have video assessment or anything of any kind and then 
the last month of school, we got access to Flipgrid. So Flipgrid became this this anchor and this big, huge communication device that we could use between families to be a- actually able to check in with our kids and to have them have fun and to see their classmates. And it was that was like a big breakthrough moment going into the summer. With our virtual kids too, Mike, we've had a lot of success with the um, choice boards. Yeah, um, we've been making our own. The one we're putting out, not this week, the week after. Uh, we haven't decided if we're doing tic-tac-toe or connect four, um, but literally having the kids, here's eight, 12 different activities and you know the kids pick and then report back to us what they did. But a lot of kids have really liked that freedom. In fact, one of our choice boards was right from derby.com, which is another amazing resource. And you know we put together six different exercises. One was a yoga, one was a level one, just we were all over the map and then told the kids that we wanted you to do two of those six and then, you know, let us know which ones. And then we had questions about them. And um, so again, it's not a perfect system, but it's certainly um, what has been expressed to me is the kids really enjoyed the choice versus being told you must do this uh, at this time. You know, we were like, Hey, here's the day that this needs to be done by here are your choices. And, and we got a lot of positive feedback from that. So if anybody's out there thinking about things like that, highly recommend the choice board. Your, uh, choice board. Yeah, you got That's a ton of buy-in that. from student choice. Mm-hmm. Which you would in your own classroom, right? right. If you were face-to-face. Absolutely. So it's no different. That's kind of uh, you know just reinforcing what we already know is good pedagogy. There were, there were two things that, that Kyle shared just a minute ago that, I mean, listen, whenever Kyle Bragg talks, I listen. Oh. You'd hate uh, to brag. That, <laughs> hey, definitely the first time you heard that joke before. I'm sure. Yep. I, I mean, you got to go for it. You know. I think my first grader told me that the other day, Mike. Probably. <laughs> I I have a very similar uh, sense of humor to a first grader, so. <laughs> um, I I feel like virtually, again, it, it's not what we went to school for. You know, for me, 117 years ago. It's, it's not what we love doing day in and day out, but I can't help but trying to find those silver linings. And unless you are Mike Miller, Doug Halberg, Kyle Bragg, Tanner Roos, you're probably not assessing 30 kids in a class, every single class, and, and making it meaningful. But now I can sit on a football Sunday with my Flipgrid app in front of me and really give meaningful time and attention to 30 videos of my kids with a small frying pan in their hand and a rolled up ball of socks hitting their forehand serve to a, to a target on the wall. And I feel like it's going better probably than I've ever done it in school before. I'm not worried about getting hit with a pickleball or, you know, paddles flying anywhere. It's controlled and I can give each kid meaningful feedback. Kyle, you also mentioned having every voice heard. I feel like asking a question like, uh, what's more important, muscular strength or power and why? But making that a, like a padlet post where every single kid, every single kid, not only gets to comment, but I also, so I, I run it kind of like a, like, a, like a college online class. So everyone has to answer the question by Monday and then respond to at least two classmates by Thursday. So every kid gets awesome. to answer the question, but then also they get validation from two of their peers every single time they answer something. I like that. And, you know, we spent the whole first week talking about, you can't just say, yeah, I agree, or same Z's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I agree with Doug because, and then and, and then you get to answer your the reason. Words you'll never are... hear. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think just not having to raise your hand or not having to to speak your voice in front of you know the cool kids or be right. judged. The kids are answering every single time. Uh, honestly, they never just answer the the, the two kids they have to comment on. They, I, I put a minimum of two kids. They want to comment on every single post that they see because they get to talk yeah, to their friends or about their friends, you know? That's awesome. And I guess that leads into my next question is, has, has there been anything that you've done virtually or even with the, the social distancing in mind that if and when we ever become quote-unquote traditional again, that you plan on carrying over with you that you think could work long-term for you? Uh, for me, it's how we exit the room. I uh, sent a tweet out about that, I think, this week. And um, to reply to somebody, I've got these lines that are about seven feet apart all the way around the perimeter of my gym. And, you know, kids go find their spot with their stuff. And, you know, they're not standing there talking. They're not bouncing into each other. And if their teacher's a few minutes late, then I can have a conversation where I don't have to feel like I'm, you know, playing police officer the whole time where I can actually continue teaching. So I've kind of liked that. Um, kids just seem a little bit more engaged when they're not so close to each other. So I can ask them those depth of knowledge questions that I like to do at the end of class, and they probably think about it a little bit more. For me, I always try to, whatever situation we're in, try to make it relevant and meaningful, and if they don't understand why we're doing it, we'll have that discussion. And uh, so whether it's through the chat in distance learning or to their partner in person, if uh, they're not, you know, really keen on yoga, we'll show them a Larry Fitzgerald video about why he does yoga. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, he's engaged. They're engaged, the, especially those older boys. Um, so getting them connect what they love to do, what we're working on now, because they, they have a tough time doing that. But if you can kind of facilitate that, if they like um, um, – you know, if, they, if we're doing jump rope and they don't really love jump rope, but they love to play basketball, and you can talk about how it helps your heart when you jump rope, and then you can become a better basketball player. Or if they don't like to dance, then they like to play soccer. It's working on the same, same kind of concept of foot-eye coordination. So making those connections and, and getting them to – the buy-in will be way, way uh, higher when they understand the connection of what they love to do and what you're working on. So that's what I try to do, whether we're in uh, distance learning or in person. That's awesome. I like that. And um, for me, one of the things, and, and it, to be honest, it's not a virtual one. It's an in-class one that I started at the end of last year, and I will do until I retire and until people stop asking me to talk about phys ed. Um, so, um, you know, I'm big into the words. You guys have heard me say that several times. So picture at the beginning of the year, if you're doing, you know, your get to know you stuff or your, your uh, this is the way we're going to run our class, making your class norms, and then I'll hang those words up around the gym. Uh, whatever words that I want or they have agreed on, depending on the age group. And at the end of my class, I asked the kids to go stand in front of the word that they saw demonstrated today. Mm. And then, so now Mike and Mike go over and they're standing in front of honesty or sportsmanship or integrity or whatever your words are. It's your class, whatever your, your focus is. And then I have those guys that are over there, socially distanced, of course, discuss why they what they saw and what they picked and then i'll go over and i'll say okay somebody from the 
you know, communication group or the cooperation group or whatever it is, tell me what you heard that you thought was cool or what you saw that you thought that was cool. And then that person will say, well, I saw Kyle go over and help Tanner up off the ground. And I thought that was really amazing. Um, and, and by the way, nice job, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the reason that that's powerful is, yeah, I'm still closing my class, but it's not me. Right. I can say, hey, nice job, Kyle. But when somebody else in class recognizes that, when your peer recognizes that, that is something that is really powerful, both from the person giving the compliment, but also the person receiving it. And, and I don't think our kids get enough of that uh, experience. Uh, so it really has taken the focus from me, Sage on the stage, closing everything up to, hey, what'd you guys see? Right. Like what, this is what we want. This is our community. What, what did we see today? That was awesome. And then obviously you can reflect the other way as well sometimes. So uh, I love that. And I don't know that I'm ever going to let that go. My kids would stand next to Tom Foolery. <laughs> <laughs> no, your name's Mike. <laughs> Samesies. <laughs> but I mean, Doug, how, how powerful is that? Not, not only just from receiving that affirmation from a peer, but the skill that we don't teach, but what it takes to give a compliment or, or, or to acknowledge somebody else. Cause that 99.999% of the time comes from us, Absolutely. right? Our job is to watch and to report back. But when it comes from the person sitting next to you or the kid who, who you, you've never spoken to and he noticed you doing something great or she noticed you doing something great, that's at the two way street that should always have traffic on it. Right. Well, and, and think about our own lives, guys. I mean, you are some of the most amazing phys ed people that are out there. And people all over the country use your stuff, right? Let's face it, it it's everywhere. And, and how many times has someone just said thank you? And, and, and I don't like, I know that I'm sitting before you because there were amazing people in this world that saw more in me than I ever saw in myself. And I try very hard to acknowledge those people and say thank you because without them, I'm not here. And I think we all need to be better at that and practice what we preach, right? So I'm not saying don't use people's stuff. I'm just saying, say thank you when you do, right? Hey, man, that was awesome. I know you worked really, really hard on that. And the way I'm going to show you how awesome it is, is I'm going to steal it <laughs> and use it. But I'm going to say thank you first. <laughs> so I just think it's a simple gesture we can all grow from. And it lifts both people up. Absolutely. And Mike, uh, Martinez, you, you were talking about um, welcoming new kids or let's say there's a new third grade in your class. Um, you can ask them, you know, who's been really nice to you to, you know, to, to welcome you or get to know you. And they'll be like Jasmine and Christian and then, you know, tell us what they did. And then, oh, they, they let me sit at the lunch table with them. And then all of a sudden you praise that. And all of a sudden yeah. everyone's going to see that that's what you want to happen, that inclusiveness. And you can get those new kids feeling so comfortable immediately just by basically that one question about who has been uh, going out, out of their way to help you. Um, really powerful. And kind of jumping on that, a staple in my first week of school, I, I teach mostly health, so I'm in and out of the classrooms all day. And my staple, my first day, is hot and cold from the active classroom module. Because, and, and I turn it into a whole dialogue on, look at how much all of you just helped each other. Yeah, we were finding a ball that we hit around the classroom. But you all helped each other today. 
and you all received help from your classmates today. It's okay to need help, right? Because you wouldn't have found that ball without your classmates. It's okay to offer help. And sometimes it's okay to say, I want to try this on my own. Let me try it, and I'll let you know if I need help. To, to hit that point in the first week of school kind of gets that ball rolling a little bit and kind of primes your kids to be open to that. Yeah, because we've all been a new kid, you know, whether it's a new team yeah. or a new school, or and that's tough, right? And we want to make sure that that kid feels comfortable as fast as possible. And I think if we, especially if we model it too and say how important that is to us, the kids will you know, naturally want to please us for the, for the most part. Um, I think that'll rub off on them pretty quickly. Especially when all the kids you're trying to make friends with, you can't see half their face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thinking not just about, uh, you know, Susie or Stevie Shy Pants, who's the new kid, but the kid who comes in and has to, feels like he has to put on a front because he's new, has to, you know, make a point and be too cool for the room. If you can just break that barrier down, like, nah, bro, like, we're all friends here. It's all good. We're, we, we accept everybody. I think it's a great way to make everyone feel comfortable in, 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 at ease. It's not just the ones who, you know, the quiet ones you have to watch, right. but all those new kids, I feel like. Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> One last question. I know my school is kind of taking this remote hybrid thing on a trimester by trimester basis. My, I, I'm no scientist, but my sneaking suspicion is that when November 20th comes, not much will have changed. In the event that we're still doing this long-term, six months, 2021, maybe even until June, what is the one tip, the one piece of advice that you would give to a teacher who maybe is still struggling with this whole entire process? I guess we, we'll start with Tanner. Uh, number one tip, talk to other people. Go online, join Twitter, check out, start a conversation, you know, be smart about using hashtags so people see the conversation. Um, search for people who you respect and ask them. People, at least in our phys ed community, are willing to talk and willing to share their ideas. I don't find it to be a negative place like some um, people find on Twitter. I think our phys ed community is pretty solid. And I think the number one thing is ask. Ask around. Don't do it yourself. It's ridiculous. Be teachers helping teachers. There's people out there. There's a hashtag like that around somewhere. <laughs> I heard about that. <laughs> I've seen that once or twice. <laughs> How about you, Kyle? Yeah, I would I totally agree with that. And just admit that this is really hard. I mean, this is not what we're all, like I said, we're all first-year teachers basically again, right? We, we have not done distance learning. At least I haven't. Um, before this year so be willing to learn you're going to make a ton of mistakes as long as you are um, learning from them and moving forward and and whenever you make mistakes at least i i try to i tell the kids that 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 didn't work and they're like nope (laughs) so i think it's okay as long as you model how to be resilient and bounce back from that mistake and then tell them that will not happen again at least that that mistake and um i think they respect that so just being open to um you're going to mess up it's okay and then just like tanner said just you ask, 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 because there are no dumb questions. Yeah, and I think uh, I think there's got to be a portion where uh, Melanie Lynch. I love Melanie. Uh, she talks about grace all the time. Oh yeah. And I got to tell you, you know, I'll, I'll talk about my own weakness. I I can extend grace to just about everybody but myself. And 
I think that's something that I absolutely need to get better at. And I think we all need to get better at. We have to remember that every day we can, will, and do make a difference in the lives of these kids. And we're not perfect. We wouldn't expect them to be perfect. So do the best you can with what you have and, and understand that right now, that, that's good enough, right? Do the best you can with what you have. Give yourself a break. It's good enough. And then what everybody else said, get on the community, share with other people, learn from other people. It's too hard to go alone. I do think that in, in this in this Instagram type world, there, there's a pressure that if you're not one of the people who are producing content, if, if, if you're not Kyle Bragg, that you're not doing your job, right? You're not being the best teacher you can. No one knows what your kids need better than you as their teacher. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Doug. If you're doing what's best for your kids and doing the best you can, then that's more than enough for right now. So uh, same time next month, guys, or what? <laughs> this, this was absolutely outstanding. My, my only regret is that it's time for us to say goodbye. Mm. Um, with your permission, of course, we'd love to link your, your contact info in our show notes. Uh, we're going to link that Fearless Soul YouTube channel. Yes. Uh, we'll throw a little derby.com on there as well. That's a, another great free yep. resource. Um, and if you guys think of anything else that maybe we haven't covered, feel free to send it our way. You know, any kind of website. That's or... pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's totally free. Thing, you know? <laughs> I heard it's got but a lot of uh, distance learning things on it. it you know, like adding, half the website. Day almost. Yeah. Um, I can't thank you guys enough for taking time out of your week. You know, with as crazy as things are, planning time and family time and rest time is very important. So thank you guys for being so generous with your time, chatting with us for a little bit, and and making me smile. <laughs> First a, and a very, foremost, a much needed time. First and foremost, absolutely. Yes. Uh, we appreciate it. Thanks for having us along. It was awesome. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Go Yankees. Yes, sir. <laughs> We're happy to be here, Mike. And as, as I'm preparing to change the channel on my television right now. Uh, if you have any questions for, for Doug, for Tanner, or for Kyle, anything that maybe they said that they didn't go deep enough on you want more info on, again, uh, check out the show notes. Their contact info will be linked in there. If you have questions for us in general, you can always reach the show uh, at openforumpod at gmail.com. If you would like to speak to me or Mr. Miller directly, you can reach either of us on Twitter. I'm available at PhysEdFreak. And I am at CoachMillerPE. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you folks about what's going on at your schools, what your reopening plan is like, what's working well for you or maybe not working as well for you. We definitely want to keep the show a truly open forum. Uh, thanks again to our incredible guests for all their insight. And until next time, stay active, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>